update session I am looking at an ETF a Dow Jones ETF um, from Friday to about currently we're up 0.77% um, there's been some up days been some down days uh, but generally again we're looking at you know broad economic factors uh, we're looking at reopening um, you're seeing some states targeting um, earlier reopening I'm in New York. I think we're definitely going to be possibly the latest city state um, to open up. But, um, you know, that's kind of a broad um, overview of what we've been seeing in the market the past week. Um, oil, if you guys have saw some oil futures contracts kind of crashed. There's been a, you know, a bit of a recovery in the last couple of days, but that's something to keep an eye on. So, yeah, that's our, our, our basic uh, market update for the week. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode 13 of Your Money, Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Delano Soporu. It's been, you know, a good week here. Um, I'm actually reflecting on the six-month anniversary of becoming a registered financial advisor, which will be next week for me. Um, and, you know, if I think back on the past six months you know, of entrepreneurship, make that eight months when I decided to go ahead and embark on my own independent advisory firm. There's a lot of great lessons in there. I think one of the big things is really believing in yourself. I think for all the clients that I work with and for myself, believing in yourself when you have an idea and you have a vision is incredibly important. Um, I looked at this as an opportunity to help people. And as we sit today, there's over 80 clients, families, individuals, businesses that I work with on their financial plan, their investment management. Um, and this is something that I knew I was able to do because I knew I was able to reach people and help people. So if you're out there and you're contemplating something in your career, you're contemplating something in entrepreneurship or in any area of your life, I truly believe in the power of visual visualization, um, positive reinforcement and believing and what you want, believing and going for what you want, and also stating it before it happens. I'm someone that's extremely confident in myself and have you know told friends and, and close people, family, what I was going to do prior to doing it, and I fully, fully believed in myself. But, you know, there's something to that. As underdogs, we have to work harder. Um, as people, you know, that aren't part of your entrepreneur, you're someone that, you know, works in a career, if you are someone that sees yourself as an underdog, you have to work hard every day. You have to really put your best foot forward every day and every opportunity that you have to prove yourself. That's the way I do things for my clients is I'm always responsive. Um, I, they know that I'm fully dedicated. Um, I'm an obsessive person, so they know I'm fully dedicated to their to their financial plan, to their investment management. Um, and there's nothing that in my way to distract me from doing anything but great, great work for them. Um, and if any of you didn't know the backstory, after doing my MBA, worked in investment banking, knew that it wasn't my passion, um, and decided to up and leave and started my own firm. And it's been going great, fully sustainable, working with great people. 
Um, and it's a testament to, you know, underdogs making sure that we work hard and achieve our goals. And so I'm really, really happy to be serving the people that I serve. And our new segment that we will continue with is Ask an Advisor. So I had a couple questions that I wanted to touch on uh, that came in. First one being, how do you focus on living your life but also paying back student loans? And that's a great question that I think should be addressed more. Um, I, I think I've talked a little bit about it before, but I believe in the balanced approach. Um, so like we said, goals-based and foundation-based budgeting is important. So if you look at your budget and you track your cash flow and you really, really love you know, going out to eat every Friday with your family, that's something that doesn't have to be cut out of your budget. You can still do that. But if we are looking at our budget and our, you know, our financial plans and we see that we need to cut an expenses somewhere else to reach a savings goal or a debt pay down goal, that's just something that we have to sacrifice. But it takes one is great idea is to print off your last one or two month statements from your bank, highlight all the areas where you're expending, itemize and say, OK, these are needs, wants, necessities, what have you, and really see you know, how you can cut down on slim things if you're not reaching your monthly savings or debt pay downs goals. So I do believe in a balanced approach. One, meaning live your life and still have fun. We are on this earth for a short amount of time. So there's no reason why to deny yourself things that um, you should or, or want to do. But also make sure you're hitting those goals. So like I said, when you print off that one or two month um, bank statement, you track everything and you see that you're not hitting your goals, then there's a time to you know make cuts and it has to be places that will allow you to make uh, to reach your goals. Um, and the next thing to look at when you want to pay down debt is just you know having a solid pay down plan, whether you're working with Pfizer or you're doing it yourself. And there's also refinance tools, uh, fintech tools like SoFi and Earnest, which I've plugged um, a lot to people. Um, it's great, great tools to get possibly lower rates depending on your situation. But it takes you know one minute to get a quote from them if you go onto their website and, and check for yourself. All right, that's a great question. Next question is how to save for a house. Um, this is something that I get all the time. And I think you can look at different approaches when it comes to saving for a house. One, if you're someone that's you know putting your money away, you can save for a house and a down payment in a high yield, you know, high yield savings account or a certificate deposit fund. This allows you to get some sort of interest or rate of return to possibly match or beat inflation rather than just leaving the money in your savings account uh, where it's not getting any return for you barely at all. Um, and your purchasing power is going down you know, year after year based on you know, price of goods rising. So look to implement a, a high yield account and or a certificate deposit to kind of um, combat that. The next thing would be, you can also look at you know, conservative investments. So if you have um, someone in your advisor you're working with, you can balance your portfolio, your house fund into conservative investments that will give you a decent return possibly um, and this is another way to save for a house fund. You let your, you know, you save every month, let your funds grow um, while you are employing a strategy of, you know, putting your money away for that down payment. The next, the final option, the third option is a mix of both. You could put some of the money, half the money in a CD or high yield fund, half the money in conservative investments, um, whether it's equity or bond funds or what have you. Um, and this allows for, you know, a mixed approach. Um, and this allows for diversi diversification in the plan. But I think the biggest thing is the contribution amounts. If you're you know, living in a 
high cost city, you're obviously going to need to save more if you want to buy um, a property in a high cost city. So you need to have an aggressive, aggressive savings plans for call it, you know, three, four, five years, whatever the time frame you have uh, where you're going to buy a purchase a place. But you want to have an aggressive, aggressive savings plans if um, you're in a high cost city. And then when you, you know, you start looking, you just get ready to um, employ the capital when you find that place. Next up, we have a great interview, someone that's a member of the New Street family, one of my favorite people. Um, Simone is a creative brand director. She has her own firm, um, Fabricius Design. Simone Fabricius is joining. She's going to talk a little bit about her path into you know starting her own firm and, and serving clients, some cool projects she's worked on because she has a great portfolio that she's worked on a lot of great stuff um and she was just a wonderful person to interview she's always great to talk to so i hope you guys enjoy hello everyone and welcome back to another great your money your life podcast interview uh we have one of my favorite people calling in simone fabricius who um, has a lot to tell us about Graphic design, branding, identity, packaging, a lot of great stuff she does through her company, Fabricious Design. So thank you, uh, Simone, for taking time to talk. Hey, Delano. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no, of course. No, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, so how are you doing? How's the family? How's everyone doing during this um, quarantine uh, time that we're having? Yeah, it's certainly um, a very, very unique moment, I think, for all of us. I think for... For me and my little family, so we live in Brooklyn, we live in an apartment, I have a three-year-old son, um, so I think that there is um, coronavirus and then working from home, and then there is coronavirus working from home with a toddler, so <laughs> it's it's like a new level of, of um, challenges, I'd have to say, but we're doing really well, we, we, we feel very lucky, we have our good health, um, and we, we stay really positive, so that's good. Yes, yes. Well, no, I, I have heard from, you know, social media that, you know, parents are having to deal with uh, a lot more than people that are just, like you said, working from home. So, you know, commend what you guys are doing. And, you know, really, you know, you, we, I saw a little bit on, you know, social media, some of the great stuff you've been doing um, with your company, Fabricius Design. You work with a lot of great companies. Can you tell us more about, you know, what you do as a creative director and designer um, for people? Yeah, so I'm a multidisciplinary creative director. That, that means that I cover a lot of land. So um, as you just mentioned, that like laundry list of, of things, which is like um, general branding. And under that, I feel that there is like art direction and you have packaging design, identity design. Um, and then I do a lot of illustration and typography too. Um, I think for the for for people that are a little bit less, uh, familiar with, you know, the world of branding. I think it's about, um, well, for me, I've spent a lot of years putting commercial products out in the world that mm. lives on supermarket shelves or lives online and um, that communicates a certain uh, message. Yeah. Um, and that can be like a type of ice cream um, or it could be a website or, uh, um, you know, it's it, 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 a, a piece of signage for your local, you know, plant store like it's it's really really wide I think what I do so sometimes I do struggle to to make this into like a 30 second um explanation but I I hope this will do yeah no no it is I you know I've known you for a bit and I still 
I know you do a lot of great stuff. And if you look at your portfolio, FabriciaDesign.com, you have a lot of great designs and companies within your portfolio. So, you know, that, that it's, in and of itself speaks, you know, volumes. So, you know, so that explanation that you gave is actually really good. It's great because um, I know what you do is a lot. You work, you know, with companies closely and not even just creating the identity. I think identity for their brand is, is a big thing that you help with, which is which is really amazing. So I guess, how did you get into this line of work? Um, you know, obviously you work for yourself. You have a company that you've done a great, really great job with. But how did you where was your origins? How did you begin doing hmm. for people? Um, well, I always joke and say that I, I wasn't good at anything else. <laughs> Um, so I, I actually went to business college. I know Delano, you were probably shocked to hear that I did that. <laughs> <laughs> but I did go to business college and I really failed at it um, massively, um, hence to why, why I'm so grateful that you're in my life. Um, so my parents were, weren't actually great supporter of, supporters of me being a creative and my dad used to say you know if you have to be an artist and you have to live of it you have to be dead um so i kind of entered this world with like a great sense of fear mm. um so after business college i i kind of went to design school um and also at that time i think graphic design uh was not as evolved and not as um would you say like famous or, yeah. or popular or it wasn't as being like a furniture designer or a fashion designer. It was, it was something a little bit in between everything. It wasn't always so commercial. It, yeah. it could be quite artistic. It could also be very commercial. You could be like a sign painter. And that's like, that's how many years ago I graduated with when that was a thing. <laughs> um, so, um, but yeah, so I kind of just um, fell into it um not having a lot of other talents so and that that was <laughs> that was how i started and but i do think i thinking back at my life and um what what i have always loved to do was actually drawing and mm. um my parents have given me these like massive folders of drawings and paintings and and everything creative so um yeah, so I think I didn't really stay true to myself at the time when I went to business college. I should just, you know, went to this, go to design school right away. <laughs> well, it worked out well. I mean, <laughs> you found, you know, obviously what your, your passion is and you're doing an amazing job. And, you know, you opened my eyes. Obviously, you said you made a good point that I love helping people and, and people like yourself that we do stuff on the business side and the financial planning side. But then you are keeping the creative passions alive for the world, which is so important. I mean, I'm flipping through your portfolio there's some great companies that you you know worked with ben and jerry's flywheel different things i guess when you get an assignment um for a company how do you approach that what do you look for when they'll say hey do they give you the parameters of what they're looking for and then you say all right i'm gonna do this this and this and how do you you know think from a creative standpoint of like all right here's a company maybe fresh new company or they want to redesign themselves how do you approach like going through that process and creating something out of virtually nothing um, well, that, that's an excellent question. So sometimes clients, they kind of know what they want. Um, and then you kind of go into this spiral of trying to either 
you actually listen to them or you try to convince them otherwise. <laughs> um, and the other, the other one is um, a brand uh, comes to you and they're like, we have a product. This is, this is very typical for startup companies that don't have any history that doesn't really hundred percent know the market quite yet. Um, yeah. And um, it's sort of like creating a baby. So you, I kind of start fresh and um, I start off always with a very in-depth conversation um, mm. with my clients about who they are, what they want, what their ambitions is, are, um, and, and understanding the product really well. I think as a graphic mm. designer, um, this is one of my big things is that I always say that like, it's so important that we use our ears a lot. Like we mm -hmm. have, you have to, as, as a successful, I think branding designer, you have to really listen to your clients because yes. it's their product, it's their values, it's their soul, it's their blood, sweat and tears that you're actually kind of fiddling with. So you kind of really have to be super respectful for, for what they want and what they're mm -hmm. saying. Mm -hmm. um, saying that though, I know this is being literally a bit of a long winded um, explanation, mm -hmm. But it's, I, I have, I have um, kind of had to like remind myself that I am a specialist in the, in the area that they come to me for guidance. So it's important also not to always 100% listen to what the client wants. And it's like finding exactly the right balance of like, when do you push them a little bit more? Yes. Um, so, so in the creative brief that that I would get um, from the client, it's it specifies like, you know, what they want. They want a piece of packaging and they want um, an identity um, of all like that kind of like the practical list of what I have to deliver. But, but, but what I'm sort of trying to get out of them and always interviewing these, like my clients with is all these questions about their, their values and like their mission and, um, anything that feels very soulful and 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 not about like oh how how many grams of sugar is in this beverage or blah 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 like this is sometimes for me less important and i think that's why branding is so so interesting it is really that you're really playing into um the consumer's emotions and this is yeah. what i'm trying to to really do in a really precise way yes. um so first there would be like a creative brief that i just explained and then um, I would go into these different territories where I either with mood boards and sketches, yeah. I present back to the client different options that that kind of embodies the um, the creative brief. So it's kind of like it's a cake that you kind of just slice in different ways. And yes. then I get feedback on like which which of these directions feels right. And then I start the design process, which is actually marking things up. Uh, putting logos on packaging or putting logo on various different applications, um, working a lot with typography, um, mm. colors, um, patterns, and then um, and then in like phase three, you should kind of be in a final stage where you're ready to to kind of set it into production, and then you mm. have guidelines and and sometimes there's a, like a launch plan that you kind of need to do and like social media strategy yep. and these kind of things. But this is, this is pretty much like the bare bones of like the creative process. Yeah, no, I sat with you during a co-working day um, at Soho Works and I saw a little bit, of, it was really cool to see just like, even just a glimpse of, you know, how you 
think of it, you, you had a big, big, big screen in front of you and just working to, you know, I was just so confused and flabbergasted and amazed at what was going on, but it kind of opened my eyes to a little bit of that process. And it is a, you know, it is a process. Like creatives have, you guys have a special talent of seeing things, uh, kind of the bigger picture, seeing things and, and putting it together, which, um, I love about the, the creative field and what you guys do. And then, you know, you mentioned that process. So I guess I know you're very humble and uh, so I want to pull this out of you, which are kind of the, some of the few, you know, uh, a couple names of the brands that you've worked with that are some of your favorites. Um, uh, some, some work that you've done in the past that really stands out to you that you really enjoyed, whether it was a project or just uh, the final, the final deliverable that you really enjoyed. Um. You enjoy yes. all of them, but you want to. <laughs> um, well, I think one of one of the things that has kind of popped up for me like the last couple of years, and that um, I've really appreciated, is that there's so many brands that has such a strong sustainability platform, or have built in like a mindfulness into their brand. Yes. Um, Brands that are very conscious of um, the carbon footprints, um, making people healthier, whether it is mentally or physically, um, there is a real healthy um, dialogue going on right yeah. now. I feel in the branding world and and, and the, in this wonderful world of, of startups where um, products, you know, embody all of that. And then mm -hmm. a couple of them, one that has just launched, it's called um, Healthy Nest. Yes, um, this is a really wonderful platform for parents that for new parents, especially or for expecting parents. Yeah. Um, it is a non toxic, like plastic free, like all plant based, super safe, super clean um, baby brand that has like a ton of products. Um, mm -hmm. It's actually astonishing how much they've done in so little time. Yeah. Um, but it's like from prenatal pills uh, into um, a cleaning line. Um, one concentrate can work for like a surface spray and laundry detergent and a hand, a hand soap. It's quite wonderful. Like a diaper line with like very, very like biodegradable uh, diapers, super soft, super premium. Um, this is one of the brands that I've really, really, really enjoyed um, to work on. I think not mm. only because I'm a parent, but also it's actually really nice for for a designer to know that whatever you're putting out in the world is really good and safe and, and right in every way and it has the right values. And I've in the past um, worked on, I, I don't know if I should say this, but like, like not very um, conscious, like, brands that when it comes to health like yeah. a lot of like sugary beverages um <laughs> products that kind of don't tell the truth of what's inside yeah um things that are dangerous for you basically and even like my days back in paris where i was doing branding for cigarettes and stuff so so <laughs> so this like is the far extreme and also something as as like a commercial branding designer that you're up against all the time, yeah. it is that you have these massive corporations that pay you really well. Um, it's a, it can be a pretty smooth ride. You have market like really trained marketing people and brand managers and and all this and but then in the end of the day you know you feel really empty and you mm. feel like why did I really slave through design school for four years to to put out all this you know, <laughs> toxic stuff out in the world. And so taking all that and then now 
um, being my own little one woman's like design studio and being so fortunate that so many of my brands, I would say the majority of the brands I work with are so cautious and so healthy in every mm -hmm. way that I'm very proud to work on that. Um, another, another brand that I worked on um, is something called Ocean 52. Mm. It's a Spanish uh, water brand and oh. they donate 52% of their profits to ocean protection. So that's wow. pretty impressive. That is, wow. Ocean 52, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and that's they, they even have like, I think a beverage line that is like the ocean water that's been purified into drinking water as well. So it's pretty cool. That's impressive. No, those are honestly, yeah, it sounds like you were able to, like you said, kind of leave your, you know, not be, you know, in, entrapped with big corporations that were, you know, maybe not aligned as far as, you know, the projects not aligning with your visions and values. But now uh, you get to pick and choose projects that do align with your mission and values and you're able to work with cool brands and help them see things to life. But yeah, switching gears on that side, on the business side, like you mentioned, you're working in Paris. You, you worked for, you know, possibly marketing agencies before, which although they were great, you had the opportunity to go off on your own and be a sole proprietor and start your own business. I guess, what, how was your decision when you decided to do that? What are some things that uh, have worked well for you when you decided to go out on your own? Um, <clears throat> I feel that I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't because of the experience of working in really big international branding agencies. Mm. Um, I have, I think the thing that you don't get when you're a graphic designer is you don't get um, a crash course in, in business. Well, I did, but I failed and was probably not mature enough to understand what was going on. But, <laughs> but what I got from the big brand agencies is you get, um, you, you kind of get front row seats to just like consumer research. Mm. You work with really, really clever trained marketing people that help you understand the numbers, the market, um, how things are shifting, um, the, uh, the product development and, and things that can be quite dry, I think yeah. is something that I had access to through uh, that experience. Mm. Um, and so, but I do think that being on, going on my own um, and, and then changing from, I think, you know, the, the the agency set up where everything is sort of done for you you know i yeah. don't have to do any proposals i don't have to negotiate anything with anyone i i very often didn't have to hear the horrible feedback from clients i would sort of get it like distilled from like a, a wonderful project account manager who would take all the steam from from the clients um and so that that's been one i think one of the the biggest challenges, I think, having a small business, it is, it is really quickly learning um, this, these skills, mm. skills of building a small business, having a budget, mm. working, um, you know, projecting how many hours those certain projects take, and, mm. and then building out your budget after that. But also as a creative person, I find that this is a very, very difficult and very contrasting situation because as a creative you're kind of like a perfectionist and you kind of want to keep going on this yeah. project but 
you you actually can't do that because I do yeah I you know I do have an hourly rate and the more you work you know the the less value there is in a way yeah. for me so this this is like a, a discipline that I think a lot of, of of independent creatives are battling. No, that's that's a good good point. Uh, I love that point. But except like you are a perfectionist, someone that wants to get everything right, but you also want to start now start working within the confines of a budget on the business side. Um, so that's really, really important. Again, and kind of wrapping up is one, is there anything uh, kind of cool going on in the future for Herbaceous Design? Uh, what are you looking for the prospects in the next five, 10 years um, for, for the business? And then also where can people reach out to you? You've got, a, you're doing a lot of great work. People want to get connected. Where can people reach out to you to inquire about your services? Um, okay, so what's coming up? Well, I well right now um, I have some existing clients that I keep working with. I don't, because of the situation, have uh, anything new that's coming up. Um, however, I think this quarantine situation makes you very thoughtful for the future. Um, you you consider what the new new normal is that's coming and i think once the red like the world is ready to open up again i think it's gonna like hit us really hard and everyone is ready to go again everything is gonna be really fast yes I agree. um so and so i'm actually right now i'm taking a lot of time to to consider what my business would look like like how we communicate with each other which now is 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 in a way very new it feels like there's it feels like it's limitless yes um i think it opens doors to a lot of different things because there's like less of a, a barrier um mm. and uh and you i think i'm excited to see how many new communication channels that will be popping up um and so i also think that it's it's a really important time to uh to, to also just i think you know to think about what you want in the future who you want to mm. work with what kind of like what kind of a footprints do you want to leave behind and so mm. so i've i've kind of done a lot with like i'm trying to update my instagram my my website yeah. my you know like reaching out to designers that i haven't worked with or spoken to for a long time and mm. um and i'm starting actually something that is exciting i'm starting um a collaboration with another designer in Europe um, mm. where we are creating um, a creative, I think, platform on Instagram where we're Ooh. being very um, transparent about the process. I think oh. what's what, yeah, I, I think that's that's like to go back to your question about like why I kind of went on my own. And I think one of the things was that I, I missed transparency. Mm. I was really sick of this like really like stuffy agency culture where the clients don't really know how we're getting to a certain point or they, they need to see more work in progress. They need to be more, they want to be more part of it and they're never really allowed. I think I'm, I'm removing all that now with this platform that me and this other wonderful designer are doing by showing the full process. We're showing early sketches of really big brands that we were working on, Ooh. working on um, to also to, for people to appreciate like how much work and how much thoughtfulness that goes into everything. Yeah. But also, I think more importantly, I think sometimes in the in the creative process, you actually do some really brilliant things that as soon as like the client that get, gets into the hands of the client, it's sort of like being 
um, twisted in, in not always like a like a favorable way. So we kind of want to show that early on, really creative, really rich and fun and exciting part of the process that nobody sees. So that's coming. Awesome. I love that. No, that would be really cool. I'm, I'm on the lookout for that because yeah. you're right. People don't know how much work goes into this. Right? Like I said, they get the end product. Like, wow, that's cool. But they don't know the work that you guys put behind it. That would be a very good point to highlight. And then obviously you're on Instagram, you're on socials, you have email. Where do uh, people reach out to you? Um, you can find me on my website. So it is fabriciousdesign.com. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I probably have to spell that because I have a strange last <laughs> name, um, but it's F-A-B-R-I-C-I-U-S design.com and also it is the same on instagram and i'm on linkedin and on facebook and on everything (laughs) so easy to find (laughs) yes no thank you simone uh really appreciate the gems uh and the the insight uh but we'll be looking out for a lot of stuff you're, you're doing in the future awesome thank you so much it's been really really fun a great pleasure and um dylan stay safe and well yes awesome talk soon okay